This is Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. Kids pick up on everything. It's why, you know, my husband and I sometimes have to be a little cautious about the things that we say. Not that we're cussing like sailors, but just to make sure that our, our now three-year-old doesn't pick up on things. Like, just the other day, I said something. I was like, oh, man, that's really bad. It was just a passing comment about something that had happened. And my three-year-old goes, like the storm? Like the storm was bad? Because she's so used to us talking about the hurricanes and talking about the bad things that happened as a result of those hurricanes. So she just makes this automatic assumption. If mommy or daddy said something is bad, we must be talking about the storms. Or like the time where we were praying our prayers one evening, and I start saying the Hail Mary, and about three words in, Rose goes, no, I do it. And she starts praying the Hail Mary. And she knew it perfectly, other than the, rather than thy womb, Jesus, she says, my womb, Jesus, we're talking about it. Or we'll get it right eventually. But she just knew it. She knew the prayer. And I'm kind of sad to admit that I never really sat down and taught it to her. We just prayed it a lot. And so she picked up on it. When we talk about faith with kids, and we did an entire Ave Explorer series on this, go check out season six, talking about faith and family and how to foster faith within our families. But when we talk about faith with kids, oftentimes we need tangible examples, tangible signs, tangible things that help a young person, a child especially, latch onto the idea of holiness. What is holiness? What does it look like? And, and how can I become holy myself? You know, today's guest, Lisa Hendy, is the founder of the CatholicMom.com website and community. In fact, the Catholic Mom Summit begins today. You can find a link down in the show notes to register and sign up to get hours of content from Catholic moms from all around the world, really about what it means to share faith with our families, to balance all the craziness that often falls on mothers' shoulders, to talk about prayer life and, and talk about health and wellness and, and what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. There's all sorts of incredible things going on, and a lot of what's happening on the Catholic Mom Summit is because Lisa Hendy had this idea to gather moms together to talk, to talk about what's going on in their faith life, to talk about how to be holy as moms, to talk about how to be saints as moms. And then on top of that, Lisa began writing children's books about the saints, about these two kids who travel in time, so a little bit of a fantasy fiction kind of thing, and meet different saints and learn different stories and learn different lessons about how to be holy themselves. And this Chime Traveler series helps illustrate sanctity to kids. And then she kept writing kids' books, and we're talking about those kids' books today. Now, as I interviewed Lisa, and we were talking about her vision of family and how to talk about faith with kids, of course, my mind went to my old child, Rose, three years old. And I thought to myself, well, I kind of want to see what Rose would say if I were to ask her about holiness and faith and Jesus and the saints. And so before we get to today's interview with Lisa Hendy, I would like to share with you just a quick little interview that I did with my three-year-old daughter, Rose. Hi, what is your name? Rose McGrady. And how old are you, Rose McGrady? I'm three years old. Can you tell me who Jesus is? Jesus is the cross. Jesus is on, he's on the cross? Yeah, Jesus on the cross. Why is Jesus on the cross? Because he wants to play with us. He wants to play with us? I want to. What do you love about Jesus? I want to, him to just come to our house and play with us. Jesus comes to our house? Yeah, and the rest 
you come to? Okay, can you focus? I'm going to hold it. Okay. You can hold the microphone with me. Um, who is who is Mary? I want you to take your hat off. <laughs> you want to host the podcast? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about you? <laughs> what about you? <laughs> this is my interview with you. Uh, what do you feel about? See, there's only one microphone, so we have to share. Uh, what uh, podcast you do about Jesus? <laughs> what podcast? What 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 podcast would you do about Jesus? I want to hold it. Okay, but we have to share. You can touch people with your faith. That nigga, they jump everywhere. They so need forget. Okay. Can, can I ask you another question? Yeah. Can I talk into the microphone? Uh, I'll give it right back, I promise. Can you tell me who Mary is? Mary's in my my family, and you live to my family. Mary's part of our family? Yeah, and you can't touch her. Well, I can't touch Mary. What who what what prayer do we pray to Mary? The Hail Mary? Full grace the world We can't touch them because they're not good. What's not good? And Mary in the cross. Mary stands at the foot of the cross. Yeah. Because who's on the cross? Jesus. And who is Jesus to Mary? Um, Jesus, her name is Queer Bells. <laughs> okay, one more question. Uh, my name Rose. How about your name? Okay, but can you answer one more question? My name Rose. What's your name? Mommy. Mommy. Okay, can you tell me, Rose, what is a saint? A saint is my saint. Come on. Who is your saint? This saint. What is that? The angel. Can you tell me, what do you want everybody to know about Jesus? Well, Jesus is my family about honor. And you can't touch him. Do you want everybody to love Jesus? Yeah. Why? Because you want someone to protect him from the Storm. Protect us from the storm. Yeah. Let me draw this one seat. Goodbye, everybody. Jesus love you. It's always fascinating to hear a kid's perspective, especially that last little bit. He'll protect us from the storm, which is something we pray for quite frequently around here. And today's interview with Lisa Hendy, which is the next thing that you're going to hear, really kind of pinpoints and hones in on this idea that talking about faith with kids is so important. And and praying for things with kids is so important. And, you know, what, what she and I chat about, I hope, is something that we've done with our children and I hope was kind of shown a little bit in that interview, but it's something that we can all do, especially when talking about holiness and sanctity and really helping our kids understand how they're called to be saints, how they're called to be holy. This is, of course, part of our Ave Explorer series on the saints. You can find all that content over at AveMariaPress.com. The link is down in our show notes. You can find all of our previous podcast episodes, articles, social media exclusives, and the Facebook Live conversations we've been having. But right now, I hope you sit back and enjoy this conversation with CatholicMom.com founder, Lisa Hendy. Well, Lisa, thanks for joining us on Ave Explorers. We're happy to have you. It is a treat. I'm delighted after a long, being a longtime fan of the series oh. and of you. It's a treat to be with you. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm a longtime fan because CatholicMom.com has kind of been my 
my go-to when <laughs> I need to know things of the mom variety. Uh, not long before this episode began, I was feeding the baby and wrestling with the toddler to do what I wanted her to do. So, so solidarity from the Catholic mom community. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are, what you do, um, and how you kind of fell into ministry. I mean, I'm primarily a wife and a mom, a daughter and a sister. Um, we live in Los Angeles now after many years of living in Central California. Our empty nest took us down to L.A. Um, my boys are now old enough that I have a daughter-in-law and, and another one on the way very soon. Nice. So um, they're, they're young adult men and doing really wonderfully. And um, we're just very blessed. And, you know, falling into ministry was really because of them. I mean, it happened when they were a little older older than Rose is now, but, um, you know, we went to one of those parent meetings for, um, first communion where they said, this is your job. <laughs> you are the <laughs> primary educator of your child. And even though I'd been, um, you know, born and raised Catholic, Greg at that time had not yet come into the church and, um, I just felt overwhelmed. So I went home and started searching and wasn't finding a lot of resources. This was 20 years ago, Katie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you were in like elementary school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so maybe your mom was reading Catholic Mom. But, um, but really it started out of an interest. It didn't start because I knew what I was doing because I sure the heck didn't. But <laughs> I was pretty sure that there were other people like me that had this desire in their hearts to live mm -hmm. out the domestic church. And so it was just a great blessing. And I've been learning ever since. So. Yeah. When there's uh, I, that phrase, living out the domestic church, we just did that whole series on Catholic family life, but let's dig into that for a second. The mom and the dad of a family are the primary educators. They're the, the examples of striving for holiness. That's not super easy to do, right? Like that, that presents a, I have to work on my own spiritual life. I have to make sure my kids, last night I prayed with Rose and I went to go tell her to say, and the Father, Son, Holy Spirit to close it out. And she looked at me and she said, we already said that. And I felt like yeah. such a, a little failure in that moment. I was like, did she realize that's an essential part? So how did you, in the midst of creating that ministry, you were also kind of tackling that yourself. Tell me a little bit about oh, that. Absolutely. And I have to laugh because I think I was intended to speak with you for your last series. Yes, and yeah. my domestic church interfered with my <laughs> It worked out. We had some family issues, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, the truth of the matter is that I think I'm still trying to figure out the answer to that question because you have this delicate balance of, you know, living your own faith life and trying to have a, a fruitful spiritual relationship with God at the same time, knowing that the greatest work you'll ever do is to lead your children to know God's love. Mm -hmm. um, but it's so crazy busy. And, um, you know, the typical two-year-old is not like, oh, mommy, let's go to Eucharistic Adoration. I know that there are some out there who say mm -hmm. that. Yeah. <laughs> Those are not my boys. Um, and, not my kids. And, and so, you know, it's this, this mix between, you know, living out what we desire to have as a, a fruitful prayer life and the reality of everyday life. So mm -hmm. a lot of my praying happens now while I'm brushing my teeth or, you know, I have like little prompts throughout my day that remind me to pray. And certainly now the dance with my boys is different than it was when they were two, mm -hmm. um, no less important, um, but different and respecting where they are in their faith journey, um, continuing to be a model for them. The biggest job being their prayer warrior mm -hmm. um, and you know, it's day by day. So, yeah. Well, now in, in that we've got the models of the saints, right? You mentioned praying for your boys. I mean, St. Augustine, his mother prayed constantly for him. There's countless stories of saintly parents, Zaylee and um, Louis Martin 
pretty much had the most strong-willed daughters in the world, and they became super holy. How did the saints maybe factor in? Did you have like a squad or best friends that kind of (laughs) were with you in all of that? I totally have a squad. And it's always so funny because people will inevitably ask, as you probably will, who's your favorite saint? And I yes. always have a really hard time with that because I'm like, well, today it's these 10 people that yep. I mean because these issues. And, you know, it's funny. I, I, a lot in my work, I talk with the kids about um, the fact that the saints remind us to be prayer champions mm-hmm. and to be role models. And so I think, um, honestly, for, for myself and for our family, we always look to those role models that, that we sort of have a connection to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I also think um, that the role of a parent just in kind of learning the lives of the saints so that we can share that with our families, mm-hmm. it's really critical. And I, I sort of gravitate towards the saints because they were imperfect. Mm-hmm. Many of them had their own challenges. So you mentioned Louis and Zelie Martin, and you know certainly their marriage was filled with all kinds of trials. And I love to pray to them when you know mm-hmm. faced with health issues or financial. I mean, Zelie ran a lace business. I mean, she knew the challenges of raising multiple children, of losing children. Um, you know, she knew um, mm-hmm. exactly what we go through in the context of her life in a different time, but you know, real world problems. So Mm -hmm. I think that's why I gravitate toward them. Now you mentioned that you like to talk to the kids about this kind of thing. This is an element of your ministry that I absolutely think is adorable. You are not just a writer for moms and adults and in the ministry world, you have a real knack for and a charism for writing for children about this kind of thing because you were such a good mom are such a good mom and raising your boys tell me how that kind of came about this desire to write children's books about the saints it was accidental so I mean I love Ave Maria Press they are and forever will be my publisher for my adult work um but I had another publisher approach me and you know you've been to these conferences where they say let's go to coffee and then before yeah. you know what you're talking about book ideas you're signing a and contract I was, yeah and I said mm, you know, I mean, Ave is my home, but I've been toying with this idea because I've been looking around for resources on the lives of the saints for children, and they are out there. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at books like, and I know that you're probably about to launch into these with Rose, like the Magic Treehouse books. Mm-hmm. And like, where is their engaging literature for our kids that is high quality, well told? you know, storytelling about the things that matter most to us in our lives. And so Chime Travelers happened accidentally. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm still five books in and delighted by what I've learned about writing for children. And I'm kind of regressing in my age range because the newest books are picture (laughs) books. So it's like, you're sure I'll have a board book next. Um, but be all about that over here. Yeah. It's the Benjamin button of your writing career. You're going backwards. (laughs) But but, I mean, and you know, this too, Katie, that when you write for children, sneakily, you write for the grownups who read Mm -hmm. to them because Mm -hmm. I mean, every book my kids ever read when they were little was me reading it to them. And I think it opens an entree for conversations that maybe sometimes as parents, we don't know how to have. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, when I write for kids, I'm really writing for the mom or the dad or the teacher mm-hmm. or caregiver that's, you know, reading it out loud. To yeah. Too. And, and so what's that message? I mean, the Chime Traveler series, give us a little overview. And then like, what's, what's the goal at the end for the mom and the dad, for the children that are reading that together? 
Yeah, so basically the story, so these are, the five books are fiction, um, little chapter books that are really age appropriate for like early elementary school kids. And it tells the story of Patrick and Katie Brady, who are um, brother and sister twins who travel in time and encounter different Catholic saints. Mm -hmm. And the stories are told such that the kids are having a problem in their own modern day life. And they have to go back and chime travel because the time travel mechanism is because of the bells around a mm. church or school we have a lot of bells in Catholicism oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's what makes the time travel happen but they can't get back from their mission mm. until they've actually learned a lesson from the saint that they can apply to the problem in their day-to-day life yeah. and so the hope is that kids will learn the lives of the saints but they'll also learn that they have agency they have control over their own, um, you know, situations in life and that they have a mission that's Mm -hmm. very important to God and to the world around them. And I think that based on the reaction to the books, it's it's clear to me that kids get that um, Mm -hmm. and that they, you know, they want to embrace that mission. Um, And then the sneaky little thing that we do is stick words in there like narthex or monstrance (laughs) so that it just becomes an everyday part of the story Mm -hmm. so that they know those words are set in and around um, Catholic schools and churches. Yeah. So what saints have you done? And are there more have, to come? <laughs> I have done Patrick, um, Kateri, Tekakwitha, um, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Claire of Assisi, and then the fifth one is um, both of the twins traveling to, um, it's called the Strangers of the Manger, to be with Mary and Joseph on their mm-hmm. path to um, Bethlehem. And they stay with the Holy Family until the flight into Egypt. So it's in a way a lexio about those early kind of hidden years of Christ's life. Um, very drawn from scripture. And um, the interesting thing about what's to come, um, I'll ask you to pray and your listeners too, because we're in conversations about some kind of um, film adaptations for kids. So that's amazing. And then I could write a hundred of these books. So oh, yeah. um, I, a thousand. the question is, is who's to come next? So yeah. and, um, as with any, I mean, I know you like um, lots of stories. I know you're a huge fan of the office and other, you know, <laughs> fiction kinds of work. And the thing about storytelling is you always want to weave in like a mythology so that mm-hmm. there's lots of hidden, like, I mean, I have lots of hints at future things that are going to happen. So yeah. awesome. I hope I spend my life writing these <laughs> I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Lisa Hendy about how to talk about the saints with kids, how to implore them to want to be holy. This is, of course, part of our entire series on the saints. You can find all of our content over at AveMariaPress.com. The link is down in the show notes, and you can find all of our previous episodes of this season over at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, along with all the other content we've created down in the show notes. Yeah, well, it's just such a great... I mean, kids are captured by remarkably beautiful things, whether we realize it or not. Like I think back to when we would, you know, pre-COVID, we went to this one parish across town that has stained glass windows. It's not our home parish, but it has windows that would captivate Rose. And she would stand there and just stare at the beautiful imagery. So a story that uses those Catholic words, that tells the story of a saint who went through a challenging time or has, you know, a really remarkable conversion or even, you know, eventually a story of a boring saint (laughs) that just kind of lived a normal life. Like maybe it's Katie and Patrick are bored one day. So they go meet a boring saint like that. That's really important to help kids recognize, like I'm called to holiness. I'm not just called to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher, but I'm called to be a saint. 
and that's and what there you're are different paths to getting there too. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's there's all this this nuance, and your new book is really for younger kids, kind of about that message. So tell us a little bit about I'm a Saint in the Making. Yeah, so this book actually kind of came as a result of, I've been doing these school visits for years, both both virtually, even before we were Zooming, I was <laughs> Skyping in the classrooms and going in in person with time travelers. And the two messages that I always talked with kids about are that um, we're all meant to be God's storytellers. So mm-hmm. with our, within our own lives, we do that. We share the good news of the gospel and we're all saints in the making. And I made them do my homework for me, Katie. So basically (laughs) I would say like, if I'm talking to a group of second graders, what are some of the things that a second grader can do in your life to be a saint in the making? And they're very quick to, you know, respond with all the things that Rose would probably say too. Things like being kind to the child who's being bullied or helping my mom and dad or saving up my allowance so that I can buy canned goods for the Mm -hmm. food drive. I mean, they, they get it. And, you know, I think sometimes with us grownups, we kind of think, well, saints are, you know, they're theologians or martyrs or, you know, the saintly acts that we're called to do in our everyday lives are, you know, the things that, that the saints who came before us did, um, and, you know, for goodness sake, I mean, Mother Teresa is constantly telling us about, you know, small acts of great love. <laughs> so those things matter and kids get that. And I think sometimes part of the reason that I love writing for kids is it reminds me just to be simple um, in my own approach to living my life. Yeah. And in this book, I mean, it's first of all, it's illustrated beautifully. I'm looking at a PDF of it right now. It's so colorful. Um, and but it's it's almost like a guidebook for kids. Like, like it looks like a children's book that you would sit on the nightstand and you'd read it at bedtime. But I truthfully would probably keep a copy in my office for myself as just a (laughs) reminder of these are the things you should be doing in order to be holy. What's kind of your favorite part of the book? Like, is there a certain page or a certain, you know, hint that you kind of give that you really, really love or that really resonated with you? Yeah, there's a couple things. I'm glad you mentioned the illustrations. My mm-hmm. illustrator is Katie Broussard, who's in every sense a true partner on this project. She illustrated a book called Audacious Ignatius. And oh. I knew from her watercolor work about the life of St. Ignatius that I wanted to work with her. Um, so she did a great job. Yeah. I love, there's a two page spread on pages 12 and 13. That's a map. And yeah. it's one of my favorite features of the book because it's got some of my favorite saints. And I think it also represents the diversity mm-hmm. that we were looking to represent in this book. I think it's important that any child pick up our book and find somebody that looks like themselves. Um, and then I really love the second half of the book. I love the fact that on almost every page, even if it's not, you know, talking explicitly about the life of a saint, she sneaks in little images like a picture of Thea Bowman. Yes. You know, it on the wall in the classroom. Um, and to me, the second half was really, um, you know, what it is that God put within us, within each of us that mm-hmm. makes us a saint in the making. So to me, those are the things that I'm always trying to live myself, being pure in body or being kind to those who are troubled or being generous um, mm-hmm. taking care of the world around us as God asks us to, mm-hmm. um, you know, little things that we can live right now. And I think that um, hopefully those are things that families can take or a classroom can take and say, let's make this our mission for this yeah. year. Oh yeah. I, yes. I'm a big fan of right at the end um, 
the it's the one where the little boy and the dad are hugging each other and it's mm-hmm. sometimes I don't listen and I make a bad choice and those words are said in my house frequently did you <laughs> make a good choice or a bad choice and so I, I when I first looked through the pdf of that I was like huh okay all right so maybe we are using the right terminology that we're supposed to be using to try to help our kid be holy someday or you know be holy now strive for holiness now um how do you hope that this book is used I mean you want it used in parents you know, at bedtime and, and in the house and kids to grab it off the shelf. But like, what do you hope teachers or educators or even youth ministers with high school students who maybe are looking to volunteer, what, where do you want this book to go and how do you want it to affect the church? You know, Katie, here's my wild dream for this year. So um, <laughs> as all of us are doing all these virtual learning tools, um, a lot of parishes have parish missions for mm-hmm. adults in their parish. I would love to see a parish mission or a school mission specifically related to the themes of I'm a saint in the making. And we're offering it um, a one day um, encounter that a a school or church can um, take in where during the daytime we meet with groups of students, but then we have a faculty retreat for the teachers, 45 minutes to look at and pray about our own call to sainthood. And then an evening 60 minute interactive session with parents. So you're sitting in your home right after dinner. You don't have to leave to go to a meeting at church, um, but it's right there. And it's, what are, you know, what are five easy ways that we can yeah. learn to be saints in the making? And I, I'd love to see um, this book really go viral this year, because I think that now more than ever, we're, we're living, I mean, here in LA and California, we're still worshiping in our homes every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, our domestic churches matter and the fact that this is our pathway for most of us, our conduit to sanctity is lived right where we are every Mm -hmm. day. It's at the, you know, it's for our kids, it's on the playground or getting along with their brothers. (laughs) So, you know, how do we um, validate that? And Mm -hmm. how do we, as a church say, this really matters and let's live it well. That's my hope. I think that's a great idea. I mean, to really give people the opportunity as a family, I mean, I'm thinking Advent is the perfect time. You start your new liturgical year, start your new year off with this renewed focus on sanctity as a family, sanctity as a child, as a mom, as a dad. Who is the model for you? I mean, I, I'm, you, know, you said earlier you have a squad. Who's maybe the <laughs> saint that you've been closest to? And then I'm going to follow that up with who's the saint you want to get to know in the future? Yeah, um, that's kind so- of been like bugging you and, and stalking you lately. Yeah, so um, St. Therese of Lisieux for a long time has been my personal patroness. Mm-hmm. I love the little way. Um, my my father's mother's, my maternal paternal grandmother's last name is Martin, and the family mm-hmm. lore is that she's descended of the same area of France that St. Nice. Therese was. So I grew up with a first-class relic in my home and not really knowing what that was, but knowing, knowing it was very special. Yeah. I love her... I mean, I don't love her flowery language, but I love the uh, the simplicity of her message. And I love that she, I mean, you and I are kind of similar in that we desire to be missionaries, mm-hmm. but our greatest mission field is right where we are. Mm-hmm. She desired to travel the world and to share the message of God. She did it for a very short lifespan in a cloistered convent. Yeah. <laughs> so she reminds me not to be discouraged when my desire is to be off someplace else, but my calling brings me right back into yeah. um, it. Who I want to get to know better? I mean, I'm very, very close right now to Venerable Patrick Payton. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
because um, a few years ago, CatholicMom.com was acquired by and became a part of Holy Cross Family Ministries, Father Peyton's um, ministry and work is very compelling to me. And the more I learn of him, the more excited I am by yeah. his message. So, um, and I have an affinity for Irish priests too. Oh so. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and, and blessed Carlo. I mean, lately it's like, wow, I'm sure everybody's giving you that answer, but. No, um, I think you're the first. I think Meg mentioned Carlo in her episode. I'd have to go back and listen. So uh, how cool is it to have a Pokemon chasing website ex- designing exactly. you know, uh, kid that, I mean, I've got a lot in common with him. So. Yeah, well, somebody <laughs> pointed out on Twitter that his mom still has his, I guess it's his PlayStation or his Game Boy. And so, like, technically somebody could access the hard drive and, like, play the same, like, setup that he played. Like, you, I don't know how that works in the game world, but you could essentially play Blessed Carlo in one of his games if they, like, saved <laughs> all he did. And it's like, you could play Game Boy with the Saint. That is insane to me. I need to step up my cool. game. It is. I mean, hopefully one day our podcasts are used in a canonization effort, right? Like that should be the goal. Or they'll be, in my case, the fodder for yeah, the, the thing that cancels it. Oh, she tweeted that about those people? No, she's done for. Lisa, where can we buy this book and all of your other books and find out more about you and your ministry? Yeah, you can find my website at lisahendy.com and I'm a social media at Lisa Hendy. I always say if you're blessed enough to have a local Catholic retailer near you, please wander in there and buy Katie's book, buy my <laughs> book, buy everybody's books. Um, if they don't have it, they can order it for you and they really need our support. Yeah. Um, the publisher for I'm a Saint in the Making is Paraclete Press at paracletepress.com and Chime Travelers and all my books are on Amazon and Barnes and Noble too. So great. And of course, my beloved of Yes, yes. We will link everything down in the show notes. Folks will be able to find you and follow you. Lisa, thank you so much for the time. This was great. Thanks, Katie. You know, I've had the pleasure of reading Lisa's new book um, many, many times. I've seen the proofs of it, and, and we have a copy in our home now. And the really remarkable thing about it is that I've learned just as much about holiness as I think my own kids have as a result of reading it. And that's kind of the note I want to end this whole season on. Holiness explained to a kid is actually holiness explained to all of us because breaking it down in really simple, easy to understand terms, you're called to be holy, you're called to be a saint, here's what that looks like, doing the dishes, waking up early with the crying baby, uh, saying good morning to a neighbor, making time for daily prayer and reading sacred scripture, going out of your way to aid somebody in need, right? These simple, practical things that we do in the everyday that, that lead us into holiness, that lead us into sanctity. This whole season, we've looked at what that looks like from the process of canonization to different people who have lived a saintly and heroic life to ways that we can share that with the world without being afraid, without being scared to do so. I think one of the things that really touched my heart this season goes all the way back to the very first episode we did with Sister Bethany Davis. And she talked about how just figuring out what God's will is for your life, asking him every day, what do you want of me? That's really what sets us on the path to sanctity. It's really what makes Jesus and Mary part of our family, like my three-year-old thinks they are. And they are. And the saints are part of our family. 
I hope you've learned a lot from this series, and, and if you're just now finding it or if you've been meaning to click on over, please go to AveMariaPress.com, and you can find all of the content we've created, other podcast episodes, Facebook Live conversations with Lisa and Kevin Cotter, Bonnie Ingstrom, uh, Santonio Hill, Vanessa Goldberg, and Tabo Hall, and just other excellent social media exclusives about different saints. You can find those over on the Ave Maria Press Instagram and Facebook pages, as well as, of course, all these previous podcast episodes, some of which I've mentioned. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You know, this podcast is about to hit 100,000 downloads, which is really, really exciting for us. We would be so grateful if you would share the show with other folks to give it a rating and a review. Just scroll down an Apple podcast if that's where you're listening. Give it five stars if you love it, if it's been helpful to you. Send the link to somebody so that they can find all the things that we've created. We're going to be taking a little bit of a break. Our next series will launch in February. More info will come out about that soon. We're going to be looking at Catholicism around the world, which is such an exciting topic, and I think a lot of people are going to benefit from that. We're going to bring on a lot of really wonderful guests. So to be uh, signed up to receive those emails when they begin, please go to AveMariaPress.com and sign up, and you'll be in the system. Once again, thanks so much for listening this season. We're so grateful to have you around.